All right, welcome back to another episode of the Empowerful Health Podcast. I'm the host, Dr. J, and today we've got a great guest on, Adam John. Adam John's a former pro soccer player, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Adam. Yeah, yeah, and uh, thanks for getting my last name right. Nice. Uh, or Jan and Jan. Jahan. Yeah. It's a weird spelling, but uh, yeah, just sounds like John. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, glad to have you here. So obviously Phoenix Rising. I think you played for Phoenix uh, Rising at some point, right? Yeah. So yeah, I played nine years of soccer in MLS, Major League Soccer, and uh, USL, United Soccer League, which okay. is the second division in the U.S. And uh, yeah, it was a great, great career. Had a blast. Um, it's what brought me here. It's how I met my wife, Carly. Oh, nice. So uh I owe a lot to soccer and I'm really grateful for the the time I spent playing. Um, and I, I started playing when I was four years old. Okay. In Northern California. I grew up in Davis. Davis. Nice. And uh, just, I couldn't stop playing and uh, I loved it so much. And I attribute a lot of my success and just the time I put into playing and, uh, I had a great support system with my parents and older sister who always pushed me and uh, helped me be better and I owe a lot to them. But yeah, that's where, where it all started. Um, as soon as I could walk, well, basically, I was playing soccer. That's awesome. Yeah. Were your parents, sisters, soccer players too or was it just a passion that Adam had? So, Yeah, well, my sister... She's four years older. Okay. And so she had already gotten into sports by the time it was my turn. And um, our parents put us in every sport you could think of, uh, except for American football. Okay. I never tried American football. As a chiropractor, I think that's probably a good choice. So. Yeah. And <laughs> especially as more data comes out. Right. Uh, Post career pro football players. Not that soccer is easy on your body, but. Uh, yeah. We yeah. can get into that if you right, want. Right. Um, definitely took a. Took a toll. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh, my my parents are both collegiate swim coaches. Oh, cool. My dad uh, coached women's swimming at UCLA and okay. m- assistant coach for the men's swimming at Cal Berkeley. Okay, nice. And then my mother was the head women's coach at UC Davis for 46 years. Wow. And just retired a few years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. I believe the only job she ever had. Okay, nice. Right Just, out of uh, school. Yeah, they they met in UCLA at, um, he was coaching and she was in grad school. Okay. And then she got the job at, in Davis. So do you feel like your parents were ever coaches to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My dad was kind of the more involved okay. one in my sports. But yeah, um, I'm really grateful for, for having that environment of coaching um but it also led me not to want to be a coach okay so <laughs> take that for whatever you yeah. want we each have to pick our own path and yeah, often exactly. we try to pick the path that deviates from our parents sometimes it's only minimal but other times pretty dras- drastically <laughs> that's a good point and, and just to add on to that growing up uh with my mom coaching in the u- university in the town we lived in um definitely didn't want to go to that school Okay. Spent enough time there already. So <laughs> that's a good point. Branch away, see something mm-hmm. different. Yeah. 
So you were a couple of things you said already that I wanted to focus on was you talked about the time you put into it. Mm-hmm. You started at four. You were very passionate, excited about it. And you just spent hours playing soccer basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it just didn't really feel like work. I loved it. Um, then not all the time was fun or easy. Sure. Especially I had, uh, that's where the coaching parents came in. They were very, um, on top of me putting in the work. They knew what it takes to get even like just the college level. Sure. Um, just how many more hours you have to put in than your average, you know, peer. Right. And so, you know, cup, coupled with the passion I had for it and the structure put in place for me by them, um, I was able to dedicate pretty much every waking moment towards it. Nice. And so they had me in other sports um, until I got older. I was swam, played baseball and basketball as well. And so those took up time from soccer, but I actually attribute a lot of my success in soccer to soccer to playing other sports. The different skills, different muscles you might've worked doing other activities. Absolutely. Um, Specifically basketball and, you know, I'm tall guys, six, my wife says six, four, I barefoot. I'm six, three, okay. in a, maybe in a quarter, but, uh, <laughs> we're rounding up. Here, yeah. Playing basketball and <laughs> working on shifting, you know, I'm a big, big body in the soccer world. Um, so just being dynamic from basketball and then, um, dunking and doing layups and jumping really high is why it was my wheelhouse in soccer. Okay. I was a target forward. Uh, which means I was going up against the center backs of the other team. Sure. Who are, you know, the attributes of center defenders are just big, strong um, defenders. So that's why the target forward role kind of materialized was, you know, a lot of forwards are fast and quick and that's important to, you know, get behind the defenders and score. Sure but another technique or tactic in soccer is to put another big guy up there and battle it out. Okay. Cause some mayhem. And then the other players, the other forwards can do their thing. So create a hole for the quicker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so playing basketball really helped with that. That's a really interesting point. Cause I feel like a lot of times, especially in big cities nowadays, kids are honed into focus on one thing really early on. You know, they're put into club sports. If you want to be serious, even in high school here in the Phoenix area, kids are in club sports for one thing at like eight years old, you know, and mm-hmm. focused. I like that idea of diversifying and from a healthcare perspective, like the more activities we're doing holistically on the body, um, the better we're going to do overall. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. And it's a pretty heated debate, especially sure. now um, in, in the U.S. soccer we're trying to kind of co- copy the European blueprint, right? And sure. or the world blueprint where everywhere you get but into the US soccer as soon as you can and that's all you do. Sure. And I think both paths work. Sure. And um, both have their pros and cons. Um, personally, I'm biased. I think kids should play as many sports as they want. Right. And that you don't need to specialize at six years old. Sure. You know? Um, so I, I think that was a huge part of my success. And 
there's no one rule, right? Right. And I don't think we should uh, eliminate other paths to going pro um, if that's what sure. the kid, the child wants. Um, so yeah, I'm a I'm a proponent of just do a lot of things. Like you said, you'll learn a lot of different ways to move your body and um, kind of be more rounded. And an example I'll use is my, uh, I would pop in with my mother's swimming team when they were doing uh, some workouts, like if it was the summer or whatever. And once a week, she had them do, I uh, forgot what the term she used, but uh, like land training, like they'd run and okay. do things on their feet. And sure. they were so awkward because all they did was <laughs> swim. Sure. And they just like, I don't know, didn't have the coordination to run very well. That's and, interesting. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's kind of kind of funny. But um, yeah, I think being able to do a bunch of different things is, is really important. And then, you know, after your career or whatever, after you finish playing any sports, then you're you're ready to do anything you want with your life, you know, like Absolutely. go hiking and any kind of like different sports kind of sets you up to be able to perform and be coordinated in a lot of things. I feel like there's two good points to that is one is most people don't go pro, right? You know, most people are playing mm-hmm. soccer at eight years old, six years old, aren't going to yeah. be pro soccer players. At some point they're going to stop. And even pro, like at some point you had mm-hmm. to stop playing pro soccer. So preparing for that after after the game life you know and that more diverse you know like the swimmers example the inability to run or not inability but the awkward running Mm -hmm. is going to potentially create other injuries you know oh for sure there's a lot of injuries i'm guessing on the field but there's probably a lot of injuries that infect people off the field and if you're super hyper focused on one activity your body's not able to do other activities like you mentioned hiking and other things are more likely to injure versus a diversified thing that's not just going to maybe teach you some skills for the sport, but also help you live a better life post sport, if you will. Yeah, no, that that's totally, totally accurate. And, um, yeah, I think keeping a bigger perspective in mind, um, knowing that whenever you're going to stop playing sports at some point and there's more to life than sports and, more years after sports. Sure. So whenever that happens for anyone, um, you know, it's, it's good to keep a longer term perspective. Like you said, just for your quality of life. So you're not just getting injured if you try new things. Sure. And then opening up the world to, to do more things. And I think some confidence as well, you know, being sh- sure that you can try something new that you've never done before athletically wise right and having confidence that you're not going to just like roll your ankle or tear your acl right (laughs) which i did but that was in soccer okay (laughs) and almost it's inevitable to get hurt at some point when you're playing at that high level but i did want to ask you a question going back a little bit to growing up um i'm sure there were times where you were wanting to quit i'm sure there were times where it's like you're putting a lot of time and effort into that. Maybe your friends are doing other things you want to participate in. I want you to tell me a little bit about, if you're okay with that, tell me a little bit about like those times and what types of things your parents helped you with that helped you keep going. I think this is a big key, not just for pro sports or athletes, but in life in general, there's a point where we all want to quit doing the things to keep us healthy and get us on the trajectory where we want to go. 
And so what are some of the things that motivated you and how could those help other people? Yeah, that it definitely shows up. Um, hard days happen. Sure. And, uh, I think keeping the uh, goal in your goal in mind is kind of what I always fell back on. You know, I can have a terrible day and, uh, hate soccer. Right. But, you know, once I cooled off and uh, calmed down a little bit, like the next day, you wake up, it's a new day. Um, that bad feeling was gone and uh, just kind of got back to, to the plan that I had in place. But yeah, nothing is ever always fun and easy. And I think if you have too many days in a row where you're dreading it, right? then that's telling you something and you should look into it more because you shouldn't be, you know, maybe everything, but at least in sports, like don't do something you don't like. Sure. And if you have enough days or weeks in a row that you don't like it and you're taking actions to remedy it, that's what you want and you're still not liking it. That's good information to tell you. Absolutely. Try something else. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think, I think the two important parts of being good at anything or, um, advancing in anything is passion or curiosity for it and the willingness to work at it. And what usually happens is you'll work really hard at something, but if you don't love it enough, when it gets really hard, it's going to be easier not to keep going. Sure. And so I think the two, two keys is just passion for whatever you're doing and the willingness to put in the work required. And I, I think we've all kind of, or if not, um, you should read it. Malcolm Gladwell, you know, outliers. Uh, yes. Yeah. 10,000 hours. That's an arbitrary number, but I think just the general rule is the more you, the more, more quality work you put in towards something, the better off you'll be. I love that. So I've actually been thinking about this concept. I called it wonder and working, you know, but mm. I like how you call it passion and curiosity. Mm. As we like any successful person, whether it be a pro athlete or if, you know, if we're in a different profession, even my profession, chiropractic, I've been studying some of the chiropractors that just made monumental advances in my profession and were on the top level of their game. And they did the same things. They were constantly wondering about the process, this curiosity of how can I better address the spine? How can I better understand it? And they were working, they were doing research, they'd be above and beyond, you know, they'd go work and see patients all day. And then in the evenings, they'd be thinking about something. Remember the son of one of these chiropractors was telling me they'd go on family road trips and he's here like checking his muscles and just thinking of new ways while he's driving down the road on how to best adjust a spine. It was just constantly on his mind, almost uh, almost an obsession, if you will. But this idea, if we want to be good at something, we have to just dive deep into it. We have to have a passion, a curiosity for how great it can be. And then we just have to put the work in. It doesn't matter, you know, whether we want to put 10,000 hours or not. The work, the more we work at it, the better we'll be. Too many people quit early on because, oh, this is hard. Oh, it'll never happen, you know. But if you're just caring about the pro the process 
and the direction you're going to go places, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, that elicits kind of two topics in my mind. One, um, growth mindset, Carol Dweck, and, and kind of crafting your identity around improving rather than uh, achieving a goal, uh, like status or whatever. Um, and what my parents did really well was they never, they never like judged me on like what I accomplished. They they were more concerned with if I kept improving and, nice. um, so going back to like, it's about the process. It really is. Um, because success isn't guaranteed. Right. And if you're doing it for success, coin flip. Right. <laughs> Literally 50% of the people who walk on the field yeah. are going to lose the game. The other 50% yep. are going to win. So. Exactly right. Yep. <laughs> and so I, I tried to focus on just always improving and being the best soccer player I could be. Nice. And I recommend that for whatever you're doing. And then, and that goes back to having passion for it because if you're truly passionate about it, you'll learn to love how to just improve on it. I mean, that's just, I think innate in humans is, right. you know, it's like a reward system, right? Where you, your, your brain is trained to crave getting better at something and right. achieving mastery. I think that's why your colleagues and you, you always seek to keep improving and always thinking about new ways to get better. And uh, I think that's really, really important. And I think that stems from finding something you really care a lot about. And I've, th I've thought a lot about passion, especially at moving on from soccer. Right. You retired, and, what, a year ago, two years ago? Yeah, officially a year ago. Okay. Um, and didn't have a clue what to do didn't have my second passion. Right. And I was naively hoping it would just appear. That's not how it works. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, you know, you don't just find a passion. You have to right. develop it. And it starts with curiosity. It's Then it starts with uh, trying something new out and you're going to suck at it. And getting to a certain level of mastery is where you start to develop the passion. You're not going to... Well, I think it's rare if you just suck at something and still love it. Um, but it's very there's hard an example of that is golf. I'm not very good at golf, but I still okay. love it. Nice. But, um, and then the other point going back from that long winded story, um, is delayed gratification. Mm. And I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, just want the quick result without the work. Absolutely. I mean, Amazon delivers in a couple of hours here in Phoenix area. We think other things should come quickly like that too. And it's not how it works. Yeah. And then also like if you think you have a lofty goal and um, you start towards it and you, you want it to come quick, you want it to get there quick and uh, that's not how it works. And so just putting in the work, knowing that there's no guarantee for success, but that if you keep at it enough, it's going to come and you have to sacrifice a lot, but eventually you'll get there. I believe it. You have to want it. And by wanting it, I mean, you have to give of yourself to get there, right? Give the time, energy, money, if it need be 
put yeah. towards it to get to that spot. I love that your parents, I love the way your parents parented you, you know, research shows that that's a better way of doing it. You know, they show that like kids who are told, Oh, you're so smart. Oh, you're so athletic. And they put it as a, like an attribute the kid has versus something they've worked towards that whenever someone like that tries something hard and they're not good at it, they don't try. They give up really quickly versus praising that effort, praising the improvement, whatever it is, whether it's math or soccer or whatever life skill they're trying to develop, the improvement is the important part to focus on. And as we get that passion for improvement, we're just going to continually want to improve and continually get better with that. Definitely. Um, yeah. And even, you know, I've noticed this in just daily conversations, you know, with everyone I come across, um, there's a big distinction between like, or like take my wife, for example, like saying, um, you are this way in whatever regard, or you're acting this way. Sure. One is classifying you as part of your identity. And the sure. other one is saying you did this thing that, um, you know, elicit or that comes from someone like that. But like, if you rephrase this, if you, Basically what I'm saying is focus on like the action that someone did versus like not like labeling them as something, someone, right? Absolutely. And that doesn't really, you know, make, make you this way. You're just acting like it, I guess. That's a really good <laughs> point. I had a whole episode on this where we, uh, we talk about like I am and I'm not, I can and I can't. And the way we finish those sentences is really important. I haven't thought about it till just now as you're saying that, like we, we do that to other people. Oh, you know, Adam's an athlete. So we, I almost use that as an excuse. Like I, I can't do that because Adam's an athlete and I'm not, you know, we do this comparison game or we're comparing like pro level athletes to our basic skills. We're like, Oh, he's just naturally talented. They don't, we don't see all the work, the years and hours and hours and hours of work that you put in to getting to that level. We judge it. And so then we, we use that as an excuse to hold ourselves back. And yeah. to not try, not put effort in. It's like, no, I'm not going to play soccer like you probably ever in my life because I don't have the motivation. But like, mm -hmm. I, I could. I mean, I'm yeah. almost 40. So I'm starting a f few years later than four. But like, never it would just never. be different time frames, right? If I was to start putting six hours a day into soccer, of course, I'll injure myself a few <laughs> times at my age. But get the right motivation, I could actually become talented at it. If I had the motivation, I don't have six hours a day that I want to spend on that. I'm going to spend on other things. But like we, again, we use it as an excuse. Yeah. We're choosing where we're spending our time and choosing our trajectory and goal versus just letting life happen to us, you know? Yeah, that, that's definitely right. And, um, I would say also that. Lost my train of thought. Happens. It's oh, also like 7.30 in the morning. There I got you it go. back. <laughs> I think, I, I don't believe in natural talent. Sure. And I think anyone can achieve any success in anything they want. It goes back to the work. Right. But nothing made me, I wasn't born being like, oh yeah, you're going to be a soccer player. Sure. Is this something I developed 
and put a lot of effort into and you know kept at it through the heart the 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 lows but i think going back to like pro athletes and like how everyone's oh natural talent like just comes easy to them sure that's just sensationalized propaganda kind of right and um in any profession um if you if you care enough about it anyone can be good it's not it doesn't like differentiate like your success isn't because you are you know have different physical attributes right that right take soccer for example peter crouch was six nine okay yeah very skinny guy played in the highest league in the world you have i mean messi had to take home run uh, hgh as a kid okay um for medical reasons and he's five foot whatever best player on the planet so nice. i do like that part of soccer is there's maybe it's more prevalent than other sports uh that there's no like one way to get there right and and everything there's always multiple ways and if you if you want to get there commit to doing it and keep at it and it's beyond just sports even anything in life you want to do if you're going to put the, if you're willing to put the effort the time mm-hmm. and you have that passion that curiosity we're talking about that wonder about how can i do this better how can i be improving and just get into the details of it and forget about like a specific goal you want to be at just more the direction you want to go you're going to get a lot farther down that direction than if you set the goal and see it sit there one day and be like i'm so far from this goal and you get discouraged and then people quit yeah yeah and uh, i think a, a good way to deal with that is you have your lofty goal but then you have to break it into smaller goals that are achievable on a shorter time scale action steps kind of thing and yeah. once you hit a goal feel good about it and then you set another one sure or there's one set that's the next step up but yeah i think this there's a lot of just you know smart planning involved right you know and i guess you start at the highest level and work your way down um to break it into plan and you know you do this in any rehab as well like all right like i tore my acl right and well it was over a year but you know six six months you want to be back let's say well you don't just snap your fingers and you're there you break it down to the month level and the week level and the day level and i think that periodization it just sets you up for success and um i think applying that to any goal you have either professionally or recreationally uh is a smart thing to do you know like think take people that want to do a marathon right you don't just go out and try to run 26 miles the first day you have a weekly plan and you add miles and distance right to get there well i mean just look at the history of the marathon right the first guy that just tried to run it with no training died at the end of it you know and so we we do it to honor yeah good lesson yeah (laughs) That's a good point. Like a lot of times we, we wait, especially if we go into more like health challenges, that's why people come to see me. They, they get a health problem and maybe not a torn ACL, but they'll get pains or aches. And they're like, 
it'll go away on its own and they don't make any kind of plan to help. And sometimes it does, but then it comes back over and over again and gets worse. But most things don't just go away. We don't just make progress because time it's effort. It's what we're doing that makes a big difference. I love that idea of this is where you want to be, but break it down, you know, come all the way back to day one. What do I need to do? Cause day one, we try it and we're not, we don't feel, we're not going to feel any closer to that goal day one. Right. But if we know we're doing the stuff, we're going to know we're moving the right direction. Keep that motivation going that way. I think we're about out of time today. I'm going to stop recording here in just a second, but cool. any parting thoughts? I appreciate you being on here today. No, um, it was, it's, it was fun kind of going back through memory lane and, uh, kind of elicit, a lot of gratitude for, uh, everyone that played a part in in helping me get achieve my dream nice and uh i think i'll leave leave y'all with that you can't do it alone you never do it alone there's a lot of people that help you out and uh uh, show show some gratitude for them because uh, they love you and are a big part of anything you do and it's not success by achieving something it's just when you're just doing something you love people will will help you out and so give them a big shout out today i love that you got the people helping and motivating and the support system the tools people teaching you all along the way anytime we want to be successful we need that so thanks for being on here i really appreciate it adam of course thank you 